0: Hi, I'm Ade, and this is Black Ticulate. black. A podcast series that gives voice to positive black action, no matter how big or small. Shayla, Miss Ruiz, Say hey. <laughs> Hello. Um, Shayla, God, I've wanted to get you on Ticulate for a long time. And... You're
1: making me blush already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And uh, finally, we've uh, <laughs> we've got you, we've got you. I've had to come to you in your lovely home.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, thank you for coming. No worries, <laughs> thank
0: you for having me. So I want yeah. you to um, tell the audience, you do what? What hat are you wearing?
1: Okay, so at the moment, I'm wearing the maternity leave hat. <laughs> 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 Very comfortably. Um, but I, um, yeah, maternity leave from um, my job at the Royal African Society as... Um, Head of Program Partnerships and Operations.
0: What does that exactly mean? Your um, role, what my was role? Today?
1: So basically uh, coordinating the team. We work in a very kind of, I'd say, horizontal organisation. Everyone's pretty autonomous and, you know, they just get on with their stuff. But there's about eight of us in the team. So I'll be coordinating the team and reporting to the director, The Royal African Society is, um, well, the leading African organization, that's our tagline. (laughs) But it's really like a kind of umbrella organization that brings together a lot of different constituencies. We run different programs from politics to um, academia. So we're working across four areas, politics, business, arts and culture and academia. Uh, we have the African Affairs Journal, which is the leading journal of African studies. And we also run, well, most people would know us in London for our two cultural festivals, which um, we initiated in the last five years Film Africa and Africa Rights. But we also have uh, um, the Africa All Party Parliamentary Group, a news and analysis site. Uh, called African Arguments as well as a book series, the African Arguments um, book series. And we've just um, recently launched What's on Africa, which is a listings website. So that's kind of as well as having our business program, which is aimed at our corporate. So we do a breadth of things. You <laughs> sorry, really I'm have. getting.
0: You've really given it time for <laughs> your portfolio. Yeah, I'm you sorry. really, really given it. That's the an brochure and then. So. Yeah, I am. Um, It's not about the Royal African Society per se, it's good to know that that's what you do and Hmm. you're an expert within that arts and culture field. I think Hmm. fundamentally, and this is what I want with all my guests, is I want the audience to know that, yeah, the people or the person whom I'm speaking to is an expert and so whatever it is they're advising, they themselves should at the very least look into it so they can enable themselves. So. Let's uh, let's bring it back. Forget what I said. Yeah, let's
1: forget. No, no, no. no.
0: Um, Yes. How does one become, I guess, a program coordinator, and is it different in the arts and culture um vertical as it would be for, let's say, a blue chip company corporate?
1: Um, well, I would imagine um the actual job isn't that different, but how you get to those places may differ in itself. So. I think with arts and culture a lot of the time you have to maybe start off with an internship okay. um, because there's less money within the field and so the re- you know the best route to get into uh, working in an arts and culture organisation tends to be through doing an internship getting some contacts, you know, kind of proving your worth. I'm talking, you know, when you're starting fresh out of uni yeah,
0: okay.
1: um, and you've had no previous experience whatsoever. Um, so, Probably, I mean, yeah. the the downside with that is obviously, you know, the people that come from a more privileged background would be able to do that because some internships aren't necessarily paid or even if it's voluntary work, you know, not like a kind of structured internship program. But there are... Um, you know, a few schemes that you can look into, kind of get into those positions even yeah. if it's not, so at the moment you've got creative access mm-hmm. um, and we actually um, at the Royal African Society were uh, taken on board a creative access trainee and we're right, also I'm going to put all
0: of this in the show notes by the way any uh, resources and tools we mention in this podcast, yeah. so look out for that on our website.
1: Perfect and then we also have um, uh, a Feds film. I can't even remember what the shorthand is, but it's from the ICO, the Independent Cinema, Cinema Office. It's a film distribution um, and sales um, trainee position. These two programs are aimed at BAME, you know, Black and ethnic minority communities. So candidates. So it's it's a way of kind of diversifying the pool. Of you know young employees and giving those people access and opportunity, whereby you know if you don't have the money to support yourself, you wouldn't then be able to take on those internship opportunities mm-hmm. because you'd have to be doing paid work. So then you get into this kind of cycle where you want to get into break into an industry, but you can't because you don't have the experience. Yeah. But then getting the experience is impossible because you don't have That's the financial. The, money. Yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's yes, kind of breaking into that. So, yeah, but I mean, my my journey into, like, arts and culture um, management was kind of, I just fell into it.
0: Okay, go on. Yeah,
1: I mean, I've I've always been someone who's really appreciated the arts and, you know, really had, like, this um, interest in culture and, I guess, intercultural understanding, being of mixed heritage myself.
0: You are, aren't you? John, yeah. What What's your mix?
1: I'm half um West Central African, uh, from Equatorial Guinea, the only Spanish-speaking country I mean, Africa, <laughs> in yeah. in Africa. Yeah. It's between Cameroon and Gabon.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and and then I'm I'm mostly um Spanish. I'd say culturally, I'm probably more Spanish because I was born and raised in Madrid, the capital um, of Spain. But um. You know, I've kind of also devoted a lot of my working life to working on Africa-related projects. Yeah, so um, intercultural understanding, or however you want to put it, I don't know if the it word would be transcultural. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, you know, kind of celebrating our differences as human beings, but at the same time connecting through our shared humanity. And I think the arts about and culture... A sound
0: bite. That's a lovely soundbite. Really? <laughs> yeah. But you were saying how you you got yourself into it. So
1: I felt... Yeah, sorry, I'm just going off on a tangent. That's no,
0: okay. I'm here to try and bring I'm you back. I'm
1: philosophising. Yeah. Uh, no, I fell I into it because I met someone when I was doing my MA in African Studies at SOAS, the School of Oriental African Studies. Um, and... I met this uh, classmate of mine, and so I started working with him and his partner. They had like a small music and, um, well, arts production company. And so I started working with them. Sometimes I'd be paid, sometimes I wouldn't be paid. Right. <laughs> but I was lucky enough to be living with my sister and not have to pay rent at the time. Right. So that enabled me to then get the experience. Um, that I needed. And I remember when I first came out to uni, I was like, I've been living too much in the world of ideas. I want to be brought back down to reality. I want to know about admin. I want to know about spreadsheets. I didn't know how to use Excel. So that was really good because I got all of that um, experience and all of those really basic admin skills that are so essential for you to be an organized event. Okay, um manager so, admin
0: so spreadsheets day-to-day like yeah um, finance, I'm sure you're, gonna, yeah, you're gonna go into that a little bit later aren't you? well the, I mean not so <laughs> <still. laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah but I mean it's just having that knowledge then enables you to understand really like what it takes you know like to put on a successful event or festival so
0: mm-hmm. to bring um, your idea to life
1: yeah exactly um because it's all very good and you know well to have like all these ideas but it's about executing them yeah. I always say I'm a doer more than a thinker you know like that is true yeah I just do well, like, I get on of with you. it you, yeah. you definitely
0: you mm. don't shy away from hard work you no, make it yeah. okay let's get into um, exactly how you go about putting together a well a successful event so you start with the idea don't we?
1: yes so you start with the idea and um, you know if you were to do it in London, um, it's uh, a city that's, like, so rich in culture and it's got so many events. Like, the cultural calendar is already loaded. Um, so there's probably... Uh, well, if if there's no um, event like the one you want to put on, then, you know, like, just
0: go for it.
1: Um, is that a good know? thing?
0: If there is no one doing it?
1: Yeah, because then you're filling a gap. You know, if, if like... I always say there's no event without an audience, right? Exactly. So if, if you if you are certain or if you've been talking to friends or people in general and, you know, they've said to you, oh, I'd really like to go to something like that or, you know, you went to an event or a festival somewhere, um, I don't know, when you're on holiday, whether it's in in another part of the world or you know, just in another city in the UK, and you don't think that, um, you know, that's been done in London, and it would be a good idea, then you go for it. If there is already an event that's similar, then you have to ask yourself, what am I bringing? You know, why would I want to put on an event that is similar to this other event or festival? Um, You know, what is it that would be unique about what, you know, I'll be doing? Then um, you obviously have to find a team, depending on the scale of the event or festival that you want to do. Um, But there's really like a kind of, um, there's different, there's about five kind of stages to putting the festival on. So first of all, you'd um, find uh, funding. So you um, get your fundraising and you find your venue. Then you'd move on to programming. Like, so, thinking about.
0: Just before we do go into the five stages, mm. when you talk about funding, you've got to obviously understand what the budget is. But to know yeah. what the budget is, don't you need to understand how much. I mean, sorry, I'm almost.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is your experience, like,
0: Yeah, so forgive me. Um, because when you go funding, it's like, is that the first stage? Surely not.
1: What I'm trying to say is, yeah, so you have the the idea and you know the scale of what you want to do, or you aim to do, and then you go out and look for the funding. So you would have come up with a budget right. um, of some sort, but obviously then you scale down depending on or scale up depending on how much money, much funding you get for it. Now, bear in mind that with arts and culture events, you generally, especially if you're doing an international, um, you know, where you're bringing international guests over, you very rarely uh, make make it even. I mean, the box office really? revenue <laughs> is just uh, like a, a kind of a very a small of percentage like... of. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. it's a very small percentage of what the whole budget. Um, is So in terms of expenditure, you're looking at uh, flights for those international guests, you're looking at accommodation, you're um, hopefully will get your venue in kind. Um, that's the one thing you know you, you need to look at. You could also get flight sponsors, so get an airline um, on board to give you like an X amount of flights from, um, you know, like in our case, from um, different parts, of different countries in Africa, and... Um, uh, you could also get a drink sponsor in place to um, you know provide the the drinks for the um, for the opening and closing nights or your major events um, so that sort of thing but so once you've come up so let's say okay you want to do like um, a three-day festival and you want to invite around um, 20 um, international guests and then you'd also look for uk-based talent yeah. Um which would, you know, be quite considerably cheaper. Um, But yeah, so you put your rough budget together, then you look for the funding, and then you would, um, after you look for the funding, you start to really program the, um, you know, kind of think, okay, well, you know, we could have this panel on, I don't know, like, you know, kind of, uh, women writers who focus on... So you start
0: on, talking about the subjects and topics. Yeah, basis.
1: yeah, based on those, um, those conversations that you think will kind of, you know, um, hit a nerve, you know, if you're... Um,
0: from, the, from the audience. From view. the
1: audience um, point of view, you know, like what are the sort of things that, you know, because when you're programming, you can't really just be kind of too, um, what's the word, um, would it be narcissistic or yeah. elitist where you're thinking you know like oh this is really interesting <laughs> you have to ask yourself would this be something that an audience would be interested in
0: hey guys before we return to the episode i just wanted to say i appreciate you listening and if you'd like to get involved then please visit www.blackticulate.com for more information now let's get back to the episode you distill that then, just out of interest um, in terms of content. Well,
1: you right? just know your audience and you know, again, you look at what's out there, what, you know, kind of um, people are looking at. So, for example, like, um, you know, there's some people who um, don't really rate Nollywood as, 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 you know, kind of quality African cinema. Right. And, okay, some of, um, and, you know, I mean, even the term Nollywood is kind of... Um, You know, it's evolving. But um, some of the um, films may not have the best production values, but people still really, really enjoy them, you know. And so you have to, like, um, cater to those audiences because, you know, Nigeria, the Nigerian diaspora in in London and the UK, but especially in London, is huge. So if you're not, if you're going to have an African film festival and you don't have, you don't program any films that cater to those audiences, then you're kind of not, um, you want to build up your audiences so that, um, you know, they come to your event <laughs> yeah, or festival. Sure. Um, so that's, you know, so when you're programming, really, you have to be thinking of how you are going to build your audiences. Um, you kind of go on to marketing and PR, which is where basically you're trying to spread the word about your festival. And, um, and then there's the actual delivery of the event. And then you'd move on to evaluation and based on the feedback that you get from audiences and uh, participants alike, then you can improve the event for the Mm. following edition if it's an ongoing, you know, like event, whether it's annually or, um, yeah, so so that would be really...
0: You made that sound really simple. (laughs) It is, it
1: is that simple.
0: But there's got to be challenges, hasn't there? I mean, like, what are the challenges? Let's... Better. Well,
1: challenges would be mainly finding um, the, the, money the money for the event. Uh, that's a big challenge. And I think, you know, depending on kind of the climate, um, you know, the funding climate, it, you know, it may be that you put in a grant for, you know, either the Arts Council. Oh, okay. or you
0: can go by the Arts Council. Yeah, the, home, so.
1: the, the Arts Council has the arts, uh, grants for the arts uh, program. Um, we've applied for that for Africa Rights. Um, So, you know, there are ways in which you can, um, you know, raise those funds. And it's also to do with, you know, like how you pitch the event to different, also maybe even private donors. You know, like if you're looking at companies that would want to have exposure with those audiences that you are going to attract and you can guarantee like a minimum number of um you know kind of what do you call them um is it impressions, impressions yeah in the digital world. yeah yeah, oh, um, yeah. so I
0: guess.
1: <laughs> you know it's, it's those kinds of things when you're looking at your fundraising strategy you want to also match your potential funders or sponsors with your event you you just can't go to like any random company you have mm. to also do your research and think you know what companies or maybe even like philanthropies or individuals might be interested in such an event Um, but it's it's a very
0: predominantly you're saying the funding is often the issue yeah it's it's
1: the sustainability of the funding so you may get funding for one year but then the next year you have to start from scratch and so really, um, you know, trying to build long term relationships with some of your sponsors would be the best way to do. But it's not easy. Yeah. And I'm telling you this from experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's 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 one, you know, sustainability of an event, because like I said, you don't break even just from your box office um, um, returns. returns.
0: Um, sure.
1: So that's so why, a, why that's do one. that.
0: If it's if there's no real financial
1: because you're doing it for the love, <laughs> for love. <Okay>. <laughs> literally
0: <laughs> sorry
1: you're doing it for the love you're doing it to um, perhaps I mean in our case for Africa rights you know there's just such a oh wow what is there I think we've got a, a, a... A little one who wants to say something. <laughs> He's
0: saying, you're not doing it for the love, man. <laughs> no, you're not doing
1: it for the love. You should do it to support me. Uh, no, I mean, it's really about, you know, just kind of giving exposure to all of that talent, mm. to all of that richness, to um, to those writers, and, you know, hopefully developing then, like, um, an appreciation for... Um, African arts and cultures in, in, you know, in my case.
0: Okay, so fundamentally it's all about <laughs> funding, Shayla, but are there any Major other challenge, major that's challenge. the
1: main one. <laughs> okay. But then in terms of just the event itself, then you're always going to have to be quite resourceful and um, I guess um, not panicky, do you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of things that can go wrong right. and if you panic then you can't think about what the solution would be. A good example would be like you know a guest failing to get their visa on time if they're coming from um, a different continent, like it's in our in our case. Um, that that can be you know especially if it's like I don't know the the director for the opening night film,
0: right. you know. And how do you
1: navigate that? Well, you could also maybe think about like having a Skype. Um, kind of conversation. Well, you know, okay. like you need to think of like solutions.
0: Contingency plans. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll um,
1: and, and if you panic, then it's very, very difficult to think of solutions because you're stuck on the, oh, oh, you know, sugar, 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 sugar.
0: <laughs> not to like <laughs> swear on this program. <laughs> um,
1: um, but yeah, and, and then there's other things like, you know, more logistical problems, like things not arriving on time again or, you know, getting the wrong number of. Um, you know, for an order you placed, whether it's, you know, wine glasses or, but, you know, those are like more logistical things. And there's always a way out. I mean, you know, there's never something that's like uh, unsolvable in my view anyway. Even if a film doesn't get to you on time, then what you can do is, like, you know, if for whatever reason you can find a slot later in the week, I mean, this has actually happened to us, then you reprogram that film and then you put it out on all your, um, you know, you send out your newsletters, all your social media, you reimburse those who bought the tickets for the initial uh, program slot to, you know, come Um, and then tell them, you know, you can come for the next one. So there's always a way of of working around a problem, I find, anyway. And I think that's the kind of attitude you need to have when you're...
0: Is uh, that unique to someone like you?
1: I think I'm an eternal optimist.
0: (laughs) Which is uh, funny, because you said something to me earlier in regards to how your personal life can certainly affect your professional life. And from an event, organisers... POV, I don't know how to say the word POV, but...
1: <laughs> Point of view. <laughs> uh, it's so much easier. Um, <laughs>
0: can you explain more about that, Expand that?
1: What I meant before when I was talking to you earlier, mentioning the, the personal related to the professional, was that I think a lot of the time our own personal uh, traumas stop us from realising our full potential.
0: Okay. What, Meaning... Yeah, please, expand. You... you
1: You can only really like fully realize yourself when you've kind of gone through, in my opinion anyway, this is what I've experienced personally, when you have, you have healed to some degree from like whatever childhood traumas you may have suffered. Like, I mean, I have had a lot of issues in terms of insecurity or like self-worth.
0: Okay. Um, I feel like we all suffer that to a certain degree yeah some people
1: more than others um but not feeling like you're good enough and so it's interesting because because I am a doer and I think that's part of also linked to my lack of confidence you know like you want to do to prove that you can do it but I would like I'm not the kind of person who would ever like fake it till I make it like I would never be able to do that like I'd always have to be like you know, start from the bottom or do it and then feel like, okay, I've gained this. Once you're
0: confident in that stage, yeah, then I can move
1: on to the next. But also like, you know, kind of going through that healing process, it liberates you to see things a bit more clearly, to kind of really accept yourself and know who you are and and, um, what you want, essentially. Does that make sense or am I being too
0: um <laughs> no i i get it i mean i think fundamentally you've got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are yeah and you've also got to know i guess your drivers yeah you know in order for you to then apply that professionally yeah. how do you identify a good event organizer you know and those who are listening how can they see that in themselves possibly because if they've not considered it but mm. yet they're everything that you are say for instance and you're phenomenal at your job, hence you're on Black Teculate. You are Shayla without a shadow of a doubt. To the point where I believe you've been nominated for Jennifer Night in the middle. Let's, let's give you some kudos. Let's oh, give you some props.
1: Uh, for the Women for Africa Awards. Women yeah. for
0: Africa Awards.
1: Big up, big up.
0: <laughs> big up, mother. But do you know what I mean? How do you identify that? Because you've got, you've got a team. You know, you've got yeah. people underneath you and you, you're teaching them, you're training them. Yeah. Can you see those who will make it and those who won't? You don't don't name names, uh, by all means. No, names.
1: I mean, I've got a very strong team. Yeah, you and, do. And, um, you know, I'm not really so much um, training them. Um, it's, it's hard for me to answer that because I can't really give you the profile of a an events organiser. I think everyone's different. We're all individuals. Yeah, so for I think sure. what I can say is that there are skills that you need to develop. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it that way, as opposed to like you need to be this because it's quite. um, I don't like to be reductionist, like you know. Um, Yeah. So so you would definitely need to develop like basic admin skills because even if you're going to be like boss, you're gonna have to know what the admin person is doing for you to be able to monitor. So yeah. So definitely develop like good organizational skills, good communication skills good people skills. I mean, you know, people have to to be able to work well with you. You have to be kind and um, not really kind of take people for granted, right? So so that if someone does you a favor and you can return their favor, then do by all means, like, you know, develop those relationships and... Um, In my case, I just liked You have to be a strong team player. I like to work in a team. Mm. You know, there's jobs that require a more solitary kind of... um,
0: Discipline, I guess. Discipline. Like, if
1: you're a writer, then you need to kind of hide away and write. Um, But with, you know, putting on an event, it's pretty much a team effort.
0: Okay, Shayla. Well, honestly, you've given us a lot of gems, and I'm really grateful for having you on this platform. We definitely have to get you back again. (laughs) So... You, you, you're humble, to say the least. I mean, I know you personally. And you don't see yourself as successful, do you? Or do you?
1: It's, I think I'm starting to realize that, you know, because I've got a wealth of experience that I'm good at what I do. Mm. Um, Success is... It's not so, I, I look at it more holistically, so I'm not okay. just solely focused on my profession and I know that this is, you know, kind of the, the thing that we're talking about, you know, me as an events manager or arts and cultural manager. I think um, success for me is accepting myself, you know, loving myself, you know, enjoying life. Mm. Um, Looking in the mirror and being happy with what I see, that is more success to me um, as opposed to being like necessarily the best at what I do, which I always want to do my best. But am I the best? You know, who am I to say?
0: Yeah, Um, So
1: that's kind of, that would be how I would measure success, you know, Um, in a more holistic way if that makes sense.
0: No, it does, it does. So, what is next for you then?
1: Um, so now, how can we
0: keep you accountable so hmm. we come back to you six months down the line?
1: <laughs> so, what's next for me is going back to work as a, as a mother. Yay! So, <laughs> so, yeah, so it'll be interesting. So, I'm going to go back um, first on a part-time basis and then I'll, I'll do, you know, my full-time role.
0: Okay, so <laughs> next for you is getting back to work. And then, is there anything that you know my listeners potentially can um, can contact you with? I mean, I almost yeah. want to give you the open mic. Is there anything that I haven't asked that I've overlooked? Mm-hmm. Any advice that you hadn't given and you wish you had said? Um, oh, you know, maybe This yeah. is free reign. Free reign.
1: Okay, so just maybe, especially for those people who doubt themselves, you know, for them to like just really start to work on believing on themselves, and, and you know, because if there's no if you don't believe in yourself and what you're doing, then it's going to be very, very difficult for you to actually succeed. Um, So you have to kind of build that self-esteem and that confidence to, to do what you want to do and love doing. And, you know, you may not be excellent at first, but then you know like that comes with experience but if you if there's something that you've identified as as something that you want to do first of all you need to believe that you can do it yeah because otherwise you can't start so that's what i would say and um and just you know we're all unique beings and we all have something to offer so that that would be my my piece of advice really for everybody <laughs>
0: okay so how can we get in touch with you personally or maybe so, via work um, yeah yeah
1: preferably but um, via work okay or on twitter <laughs> i'm on twitter you can tweet at me okay. which is s-h-e-i-l-a-r-u-i-z that's my twitter handle and so my name is pronounced Shayla but spelled like Sheila <laughs> and um so Shayla Ruiz at Shayla Ruiz that's my Twitter handle and then if you go onto the Royal African Society website um you know there's like um contact details there for everyone in the team not just for me so um so yeah so check us out and um come to Africa Rights, which is coming up in July 1st to the 3rd of July and then a film Africa which will be early November so um to come to those events and join join us for any other um, events.
0: Okay. Well, guys, I think you can join me in saying that it's been an absolute pleasure having Shayla and little little one. Um, okay, that's him saying bye bye. So okay. stay tuned. For the next episode. Okay. Thank you. I want to personally thank our sound editor Chris Reese, and I'd like to thank you guys for listening. For more episodes and how you can get involved, please visit www.lacticulate.com and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. This has been another episode of Lacticulate, Black Stories, Positive Actions.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.